Thanks for joining us today. We're excited to be back for another great episode of Fresh Faith. Our guest is going to share how God has been working in her life from a young age and how he is using her to help shape the way we look at individuals with disabilities. Thanks for joining us today. We are excited to be back for another great episode of Fresh Faith. Today, our guest is going to share how God has been working in her life from a young age and how he is using her to help shape the way we look at individuals with disabilities. Well, Jacqueline, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you being here. Yes, of course. Thank you for having me. Jacqueline Royal, I think it's taken me, how long have you been married? A year and a half. A year and a half. So it's taken me a year and a half <laughs> <laughs> to get your name right. Uh, I think people still introduce you as Jacqueline Stoddard. Yes, so. I've gotten it a lot. <laughs> And um, you you didn't grow up here at the Bible Chapel, but you came here at a pretty young age. Yes, I was going into my freshman year of high school. So okay. end of my eighth grade, I had Dan Basile for a few weeks right. and then went to John Fowler as my youth um, senior high youth leader. Laura and I are having dinner with uh, uh, Dan and Stephanie on Friday night. That's crazy. They're in town. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's cool. very cool. Very mm-hmm. cool. So we want to talk about, uh, Jacqueline, a ministry you lead here at the Bible Chapel, uh, a special needs ministry. Um, you have been involved in it for a long time. And we'll talk about kind of the, the progression uh, yeah. of when you started and where it is today. But I just want to kind of start back at the beginning. What um, uh, uh, Working uh, in any ministry, and certainly in special needs ministry, is, is, a, uh, is a special calling. How did you get involved in? What, what, what did God do in your life to say, Jacqueline, this is the route I want you to take? Yeah, so I feel like from a young age, I felt that calling. I, don't, I didn't expect it to be in ministry. That was a change. But mm-hmm. um, I, uh, we had a neighbor growing up, the Gordons, and they had a son named Joey. And I, I moved out of Pittsburgh when we were six. So it was earlier on in my life that we had them, and then we continued to be friends with this family. But Joey did have a disability, and he functioned at around the age of a three-year-old or under. Um, actually, I think it was closer to a three-month-old. So he, he needed tube-fed. He needed changed. He was unable to walk. He had a lot of, of needs. And the Gordon family, they're just uh, an amazing family. They have 10 kids total, um, including Joey. And so they, they there was a large family all the time, people in and out of their house. And Joey was just their another sibling. Like Joey was not their sibling with a disability. Joey was just their sibling. Mm-hmm. And he was just like any other child. Mm-hmm. He had needs. He had a lot of extra needs and different needs. Um, but the Gordons treated him just like they treated every single other child. They had conversations with him like every other child. The the kids, I can remember the kids would fight to, to be the ones who tube fed him. And, you know, they'd want to be the ones to tell, take care of him. And so he was just their brother. And, and from that age, and I think that, that that family and my parents just have taught us, you, you know, to, to see people for, for people and to love people people that's what we're called to do and mm-hmm. so um, while there there's going to be differences in everyone um, we need to see people for who God has created them to be and I think that that family did a great job with that and mm-hmm. teaching me that and then the Lord just continued to use people and options and opportunities I did um, horses with hope for a while um, in high school and then I did top soccer in college and um, and then Jennifer Christensen was was doing the special needs ministry and I came back from I graduated college I had been volunteering here in the summers 
and I came back from college and she uh, needed to step back from it due to health reasons and sent out an email and before I thought about it, I had replied, yes, I'll, I'll take over. Mm. And then thought, like, why did I do that? Like, <laughs> I can't do this. And um, and here I am. I don't even know how many years later. I remember uh, when you were graduating from uh, college, we were trying to talk and say, man, you know, I don't know what God has for you, but uh, it could certainly be a tremendous opportunity here. And uh, we're we're glad you uh, you said yes, yes to Jennifer's request. Yeah. So when I graduated grad school, um, I can remember. So we had that conversation about that, and I I can remember praying, leading up to it, Lord, I will go anywhere in the world. Do not keep me in Pittsburgh. <laughs> and it's just uh, funny that now you know, like six years later, I'm still in Pittsburgh. And, and uh, Daniel's glad of and, that. And, as and well. Daniel's glad that I'm still here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you, uh, and I, I share this with the staff, uh, I, uh, I hope you don't mind this, but I always uh, use you as an example of someone who, when you have a passion, of, when you have a passion for something, when God has really laid something on your heart, you, uh, you can't not do it. And long before there was a ministry, long mm-hmm. before you, on, you were on staff, you were involved in spending many, many hours uh, at the church doing um, respites and uh, yeah. uh, day, you know, um, m- uh, the parents' days out. Uh, if I don't you guys had another name for them, but for yes. during Christmas. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that wasn't something like we said, well, we should do this. Like you guys were just doing it. So yeah. talk about that. I mean, the, the I, I think it's kind of a cool leadership thing too, but just the passion that God placed in your heart to be creative and 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 not just talk about an idea, but implement it as well. Yes. So um, Jennifer Christensen, when we started the ministry, it started with a kid who couldn't go into the classrooms, our our, um, our normal Sunday school classrooms. He had autism and he was just unable to be in the classrooms. He he just wanted to walk, and so that's what they did. I mean, they they. Mm-hmm took turns every other week every week a different person would walk with him around the the building just to help his parents to make it so his parents could go through so there was a need it just started with a need and i think that that's been the 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 driving force for the ministry is we keep seeing needs and we just feel like we're being called to meet them in any way that we can and so yeah i i love that we get the opportunity to provide parents a respite um, and so we did that for Christmas. You know, we know Christmas shopping in general is is challenging. It's less challenging now with the internet, but mm-hmm. still, it can it can be challenging, um, even with the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so we we were like, well, our parents who are having to take their kids out, who their kids might not want to, or their kids, you know, it might be really challenging having behaviors in public mm-hmm. um, with their children. So they we were like let's have a three-hour respite and that's how the respites kind of started was we did a three-hour christmas respite and jennifer and i can remember afterwards we like looked at each other like what did we do like that was that was a a big bite that we just took off and it was so worth it and thank you lord that you got us through that because there were moments that we were like what's happening um and so you know a lot of things continued to to change the lord just kept opening doors and showing us needs and and so we there's the the volunteer team that serves in the special needs ministry they're they're volunteers and they are so passionate about the opportunity to to serve these children and and um 
impact their lives, their families' lives. One of the cool things I love seeing is um, a couple of our parents have started bringing their parents or their siblings mm. and coming in and being like, this is the ministry. And like, and then they'll go to church all together. And so it's just neat that they, they have the opportunity to bring mm-hmm. their parents to church because their child is taken care of. And so uh, it's just been a blessing to see the Lord use the, the ministry in that way and, and just continue to open up needs and, and to provide people to help us to fill those needs. Mm-hmm. Um, Talk about um, a little bit about special needs ministry at a church. Um, and, yes. and I'm going to let you talk through the, uh, the, the experience of this. But uh, if I'm a parent, um, with a with a son or daughter who has special needs, uh, there are a lot of situ- there are a lot of situations where I can't I can't go to church right because mm-hmm. I can't uh, because of the special needs I I am um, a little nervous about putting them in a regular classroom or maybe a situation right. where you need some special uh, uh, there's care. medical needs yeah yeah mm-hmm. I, I take them into the worship center and possibly that could be disruptive and for mm-hmm. all. Every parent, you know, if your kid, you know, makes one little noise, you think they made a huge noise, right? Right. So talk about the, the um, special needs ministry at a church and and why that has become, again, another passion for you to be able to provide this ministry for people who come to the Bible Chapel. Yes, absolutely. So there are a lot of things that the special needs ministry could look like, and I think that um, sometimes the big see church gets a the misunderstanding that like, we have to have a ministry and a program and it has to have all of these things in order for us to minister to these families in reality when we started i i like joke and say that we had our, our closet like we had a very small we had a room which i was so thankful for the children's ministry cleared out a space for us to be able to have a sensory room that's what we had and we had one-on-ones and they went into the classrooms with the kids and and they um if the kids couldn't handle the classrooms for whatever reason they came back to the sensory room and they hung out in the sensory room and that was how the ministry started we didn't have programming and all of these things Mm -hmm. that I feel like a lot of churches feel like they have to have to start so we've had I've had a a decent amount of churches come to the Bible Chapel and and talk to me about starting a ministry there's a need these children are are here and and their their families are wanting to come to church I've had a lot of families tell me that they were asked to leave church mm. or what, even if they weren't asked to leave church, they got sick of getting phone calls to come pick their kid up because their kid was being disruptive in the children's classroom. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it, it's challenging when I hear that, like you instantly like want to get mad that a church would do that. But at the same time, they feel like they are ill-equipped to take care of this child. And, and that's not always the case, you know, and there are definitely challenges with that. And so mm-hmm. it, it's, a, it's a tension. It's, it's challenging for, for churches to, to work through. But for the Bible Chapel specifically, for us, we want to make it so that our parents can come drop their kids off. We now have a, a gorgeous space. We have three classrooms. On Sunday mornings, we just do um, – Sunday mornings in our classrooms. On Wednesday evenings, we do full inclusion, which is something I'm very passionate about. I want to, to be including our children. And that's so we do that on Wednesday evenings. We, we provide one on ones. They go in, they sit with their peers. I believe that both their peers and the children with special needs uh, can learn a lot from each other. And so that's why we do Wednesday evening full inclusions. But Sunday morning, we know that our kids learn differently. So we do Sunday mornings. Uh, with our classrooms, smaller classroom size, more um, interactive teaching 
and, and moving. There's a sensory room, there's a craft and a snack room, then there's a teaching room. So they'll spend time in each of those rooms and the kids don't get bored. The kids are able to learn a schedule. It's very helpful for them to stick with that schedule and to, to move from room to room. And and so we try to meet with the parents beforehand. If I can't meet with the parent beforehand, if they email me saying, hey, we'd like to come, I'll email back and find out what, what we need to know. How can we best serve your child? Because that's our goal. We want to best set the child up for success. We don't want a, a child or a family to leave feeling um negative like like the experience was not successful and so i'll ask if there's behavioral needs or dietary restrictions or anything along those lines that we would need to know to best serve your child Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes the the parent doesn't come that week or the next week or or for the next five weeks Uh, i've had people email me and then three months later come and and that's we're ready Mm -hmm. when they come Um, i know i've had so many parents text me we were on our way, and then you know Jimmy threw this huge fit, and stuff went all over the car, and we just turned around. We called it quits, mm-hmm. and so uh, that happens a lot. Or, or they didn't even get out the door because you know that all the clothes that they had put on their child had, were were removed, and you know they're standing there mm-hmm. trying to get out the door, and no one's dressed anymore. And so I cannot tell you, I've gotten that text message multiple <laughs> times. I'm like, okay, <laughs> good luck. Um, so it, it's just parents mm-hmm. are dealing with different things, and so. Sometimes I know I've gotten frustrated or not frustrated, but just like down on myself. I'm like, man, like I thought this family was coming. And then three or four months later, they come and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. It just took a while and it's fine mm-hmm. that it takes a while. And, and that's great. We're glad that mm-hmm. they're coming. And um, and so that's what Sunday mornings look like for us, for, for our families. So if, if, a, if a family has an individual, whether it's a child or an adult, because we, we now have adult, an adult ministry, mm-hmm. Um, that's what it looks like. I, I usually, there have been times where families have come and we, we haven't had an email and that's no problem also. So if they come and we didn't know that they were coming, I just do the same thing. I'll grab them. I'll pull them aside really fast and say, what do we need to know? Behaviors, dietary restrictions. Those are the two things that are going to cause most of the issues. And so I'm like, okay, thank you. And I'll see you after service. And it's, it's gone well. It's always, the Lord is good. I mean, he just is good with, and, and, um, it's been a blessing to be part of this ministry mm-hmm. and just to see him work in those ways. Like there are times where I'm like, that should not have gone the way that it went. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, that that went the way that it went. Um, and so it just, it's good to see that and to be part mm-hmm. of that. And um, that's, uh, it's uh, cool to, to, um, uh, to, to know what's going on here uh, in our ministry. And the one thing I do want to emphasize is again, we started with the closet. So yes. if you're a church out there and you have a special needs, uh, a child with special needs or children with special needs, um, man, give us a call. Uh, I know Jacqueline would be more Absolutely. than happy to, to talk with you. We'll have an uh, email and contact information on the, uh, on the notes mm-hmm. uh, of this uh, podcast. But um, I know you have reached out to many churches uh, Absolutely. Do, um, and also parents, as you mentioned, uh, with uh, a child with special needs, a lot of times they want to come and check things out mm-hmm. before um, they come on that Sunday. And uh, I know you've m- taken many people uh, uh, through uh, uh, the special needs area and explained to them yes. our philosophy and what's going to take place. And that's just so reassuring to parents that, um, yes. you know, they in a church setting, they they often feel pretty alone. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that has been something. So 
you had said multiple things. One, I've reached out to many churches seeking help for this, not mm-hmm. trying to reinvent the wheel of special needs ministry. Mm-hmm. Because there are other churches out there that are doing this, that have been doing this a lot longer than I have and that um, are doing great with that. So I would also encourage other churches, if you're looking for help, um, reach out to, to other churches. Don't feel like you have to walk this alone. Um, and, and for families who are looking for a church, a church um, there are other churches that are, are in, in all over the, the country that have great ministries. And so um, mm-hmm. it is something that, that is available and um and uh, yeah, I I have sent visual schedules to families of what Sunday morning will look like for them to give to their kid, to be able to read over, to be able to prepare their child mm-hmm. to to understand Sunday mornings or Wednesday evenings or what the respites are going to be look like. Uh, we have one kid who is super super sweet, but he I'll text his mom, so I'll, I'll probably text her tomorrow and say, hey, what's the schedule like for for Friday? Because we have a respite on Friday, and she'll tell me, okay, he said he wants this this, this. you know, he'll, he'll give me the schedule. <laughs> so then I have to plug the schedule. Uh, his schedule in that way, and then <laughs> then I make sure he's he's on his schedule, right? Cause, customized schedule. Yes, because right? he like he knows, and it's it's most of the time it's the same, but sometimes he'll change it. Mm-hmm. His mom will be like, I don't know why it's changed this time, but it's changed. <laughs> but it's fun, and and it's a, it's an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that it's not challenging for us to have to move things around, and we don't. I wouldn't even say we move things around. I just before I even set it up, I I ask her what's the schedule so that right. I know it. That's cool. Jacqueline, you had talked a little bit about um, having, including the the students in with the um, other children's ministries on Wednesday nights. Can you talk a little bit about why you do that? And then also, what does that look like for the other student that are in children's ministry during mm-hmm. that time? Yeah. So like I said, I, I believe that our, our children and their peers can learn greatly from being around people who are different than them, right? So our whole lives are around people who are different than us. And as children, we don't necessarily see those differences as much as adults see those differences. Mm. So if we can start teaching our children at a very young age to understand that people are different than us and we still love them and we still care for them and we still um, interact with them and are friends with them, even if they don't interact the same way that we would expect for someone to interact with us, if we could teach that at a young age, man, Think about the generational change that we can see happening. Mm -hmm. And so that's huge for us to do on Wednesday evenings. And some of our kids, there's a boys class who um, one of our kids is in the class. And his brother, who's who's a little older, helps him. He's his one-on-one. His brother Uh wanted to be his one-on-one. So I'm like, yeah, sure, that's great. Their family is wonderful. But the group of boys, it's like third or fourth grade boys, are so kind and inclusive they'll pick him like first or second with sports like he's always one of the first ones picked they'll always like they'll talk to him they'll they're not like perfect you know but they're learning and they're trying and they'll hey how are you he'll sometimes answer sometimes not Um, but they try to include him in everything and they're just really sweet it is super sweet to see those boys interacting with this little boy who has autism, this you know, who's their peer, he's, they're his, mm-hmm. he's his, their age, and um, they, and he's been with them for the last I think three years, so they know him, and so this change and this growth of I don't understand why he's screaming and doing these things into oh that's just who he is. Hey, how's it going? Do you want to shoot the basketball? Like mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just been this huge change in growth, and that's just from being around him and learning. Mm-hmm. God created him. He acts differently because of this disability, um, and 
and he's still a you know young boy who's mm-hmm. their peer who does everything that they do just sometimes a little bit different mm-hmm. and so like that's been a huge thing whether that's middle schoolers or in high school we have some kids in high school or at a young age it's just very helpful to have our individuals our peers learning mm-hmm. what that what what it's like to to interact with people who are different than them and um and i just think here is where that should be practiced a lot mm-hmm. and where um where it should be safe for our kids to be included and to to not have to worry about being picked on or bullied or anything mm-hmm. else along those lines like here is where our kids should feel the safest and so if we can help their peers learn that at a really young age mm-hmm. man the the change e- even think about you know these that fourth the, those young boys that I was just talking about so if they're doing that here if they're also doing that in their classrooms because they're going to have kids in their classrooms man what a difference that makes for them to be able to say yeah you know there's a, a kid in my my Wednesday evening class who also has autism and he does some of these behaviors and it's fine like mm-hmm. I mean yeah. what a what an impact that mm-hmm. makes on teachers on their peers and and it starts just changing people um mm-hmm. through seeing younger kids be the hands of feet of Christ, which is really cool. That is very cool. Talk about one of the things you've really helped me personally, and uh, we've had you come in and talk to all of our campus pastors. Sometimes, uh, you know, it's just little things we say that are just a little, could be hurtful. We don't mean it to be hurtful, but it could be hurtful. Or it's the way we interact or don't interact. You know, when you ignore someone, that can be as hurtful as, saying something you shouldn't say yeah so this is a big question but just talk about some of the things again I'll, I'll just kick this off one of the things you start you really helped me with is we're not talking about a special needs individual we're talking about an individual with special needs yes and Jacqueline that came back to me in a personal way because our uh, uh, one of our little grandchildren our little grandson uh, was born and uh, didn't uh, only lived seven hours had uh, trisomy 18 but one of the first things that diagnosis that we got was that he didn't have a hand and that's one of the symptoms of trisomy 18 but at the time we didn't know the rest and so we knew that uh, you know Jay was going to be born without a hand and that's going to impact the way people interact with him and yeah. things that are said and it can be a cruel world out there so that was kind of our first prayer. Okay, God, prepare us for this. And, and then we learned then there were some other challenges as well. But So that's really hit me personally, you know, mm-hmm. what you've said. And, and um, talk about that. And, and, you know, sometimes when we speak with a, a person with special needs, they're not processing things like other people do. And so it takes more time. Mm-hmm. But then we can conclude, well— they can't understand me or, you know, that person can't hear me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, just, again, that's a big question, but just kind of talk yeah. through some of that. Yeah. With the first part of what you were talking about was like working with individuals with disabilities or their, their disability, I think. So a lot of times we just say it casually that the, the, the Downs kid or the 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 intellectually disabled person, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is that we're saying we don't really think about it. And some, I mean, everyone's different. So some families, it doesn't bother them. And you'll hear them speaking in that way. Mm-hmm. But some families, it can be really hurtful. And so my thought, and, and I feel like I do this the whole way through, is I'd rather err on the side of 
caution and and how to be respectful. And so and that's the same with individuals who were like, oh, they're in a wheelchair. This is very common. If someone's in a wheelchair or, you know, doesn't um, function the same way as you and I function, we automatically assume that their cognitive abilities are not where our cognitive abilities are. And that's not true. I mean, there are individuals with cerebral palsy who cognitively are brilliant, Mm -hmm. but they're unable to speak because of their cerebral palsy. And so they use different forms of communication. But for Mm -hmm. a long time, we just assumed, I mean, society assumed that they were dumb and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, mentally and physically disabled and Mm -hmm. wasn't the case at all and so uh, I always err on the side of I've had people say like why do you teach our our children the way that you teach them why why do you find it so important to to teach them about Jesus and I'm like well I'm gonna assume that they can understand anything and everything and so I'm gonna teach them our responsibility is to develop followers of Jesus Christ and to Mm -hmm. teach them about what Jesus did for us and that's what I'm going to teach them. And the Holy Spirit will do the rest. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not my job to convert people. My job is to tell them about Jesus right. and let the Holy Spirit do the rest. So that's why we teach what we teach on Sunday mornings. And mm-hmm. so I just feel like it's a common misconception that people define an individual with disabilities by their disability. And it's challenging because they do have a disability and it is part of who they are. And there are different challenges and they're still created in God's image, right? So mm-hmm. so there's like these these two truths that sort of seem to be different, but they're still two truths. The, the, this individual is creating God's image and they are not defined by their disability, but they do have a disability and there's things that are different about them and we have to show, we have to teach differently. We have to communicate with them sometimes differently. Maybe you have to, to repeat yourself more than once. Maybe you have to, to not speak so loudly or so close to them or you know you'll you'll learn how to best communicate with individuals who have disabilities but my thing is I always assume um, the highest and treat them in that way so a common thing that you'll see is uh, in in a training that I do um, for our volunteers I talk about not to baby talk with our adults with disabilities or even our peers or um, our teens, because you'll, you'll, I'll, I mean, I've caught myself doing it with some of our kids who you think have a lower cognitive um, age than what their numerical age is. And so you, you like end up talking to them in like a little kid, like how you talk to a two year old or three year old. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, this, this person's 18 years old. And I'm talking to him like a three year old. Like, get it together. Talk to them <laughs> with respect. Like, it, 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 you, mm-hmm. we need to to treat them the same way that we would treat any any other 18 year old. And so, um, it can be challenging because even though they're 18, they still might have a, a little toy that they want to take with them, or mm-hmm. you know, think do things that that make them seem younger. But they, we should still treat them like an 18 year old and and have conversations with them and and. At, at their age level, but at the respect that you would with any other 18-year-old. Um, and so it can be challenging um, to, to work through that and to, to best understand individuals who have disabilities and how we can treat them with respect. And I think it just comes down to, to um, loving people and, and learning about individuals. So I've had parents be like, oh, yeah, it's okay. You can do that. Like even though like I start off not doing something um, parents be like, oh, they, it's okay. You can, you can, they don't have to, they, they don't like craft. They don't have to do the craft, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, 
learned that. That's fine. I don't have to, like, make a kid do that. Um, or whatever it may be. Some of our adults, you know, talking about certain things is good. Talking about other things is not good. And so mm-hmm. just working through that with their families and open communication with their families, I think that that's, like, the biggest thing is we're so afraid. We're, we're on two polar opposite sides. Either we're so afraid to do, to to say something that can be offensive so we just say nothing at all and ignore the whole situation or we say something that's super super offensive that and you're like oh how do i like how do i help this situation Mm -hmm. so there's like two two polar opposites and so we need to find this this medium of um talking with the families hey um how do i better help your child do x y or z Mm -hmm. and um and then having the parents help us better understand their children and then working with their children or their, their young adults or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But just because it's it's different and uncomfortable, I feel, I feel like that's a big thing. If, if it makes us feel uncomfortable, then we're just like, uh, I better not. And that's just not, uh, for me, I, I, I believe that that's not what we're called to do. And, and right. you know, we're not supposed to, we're supposed to, to love individuals who are different than us and and that includes our individuals with disabilities and figuring out how to best minister to them even if it's uncomfortable because i promise you there are going to be times that it's going to be uncomfortable i've been working in this field for a while and doing this for the last five years and there have absolutely been times where i've been um had to stretch myself into uh, an area that was uncomfortable and the lord just worked um, wonderful things through that. And mm-hmm. so you see growth in yourself and growth in these individuals when we step into things that are uncomfortable mm-hmm. for us. So we're talking with Jacqueline Royal, who heads up uh, our special needs ministry here at the Bible Chapel. And uh, if you uh, are listening and you would like to talk to Jacqueline about a special needs ministry in your church or any specific question you might have, uh, we have all the uh, information to contact Jacqueline on our uh, um, podcast notes, and uh, I know that Jacqueline would be happy to uh, to do that and, and talk with you about that. Um, one of the things that uh, we've been privileged to do here, um, and I know it's a ton of work <laughs> for you and many others, but <laughs> you lead the charge, uh, is Night to Shine. Yes. Um, you know, uh, I there aren't many ministries that more work goes into. And there aren't many ministries that people say, sign me up again for that next year. Yes. Uh, talk about Night to Shine and kind of your experience with the uh, the prom for uh, individuals with disabilities. Yes. Um, it is my favorite night of the year. I cannot say it's my favorite week of the year. <laughs> <laughs> it has been rough leading up to it. Um, and it is so much fun. So it's a prom for individuals with disabilities, 14 and over. It's sponsored by the Tim Tebow Foundation. We host it, and it is a blast. Um, we have limo rides and red carpet and um, food and dancing, and most of the things are donated by the um, community. That might be my favorite part. This year we had uh, a lot of other churches in our community. I wish I had the number, but... Uh, it was a significant number of churches in our community volunteering, and, and even from as far away as like uh, Butler area, hmm. had people brought, came and volunteered, and so it just it's neat. Um, it's a fun night. You, we pair individuals up one on one with 
uh, an individual with disability. So that's probably the hardest part. We joked. Um, I, I joked and said, so I, I don't have kids, but I've been told that like the labor during labor, like everyone's like never doing it again. And then you like get the baby and you're like, oh, this is so wonderful. I said, that's registration <laughs> is the birthing. And then the rest of the night is like when you get the baby and you're like, oh, I'll do this again. Like that's just how it feels. Like we, we all... All, my whole team felt like that this year. We were like, "What happened?" Um, and it was, it was just, it's an incredible night. It's so much fun. We have, I mean, so there were over 400 individuals with disabilities who came and were part of Night to Shine, mm-hmm. and um, and it's just, it's a great, it's a great community event. So people who are don't come to this church, there are families who probably would never walk through these doors, walk through these doors as part of the prom. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get a lot of people who have come back because of it. So our adult ministry has grown a lot because of Night to Shine, which is mm-hmm. cool. And um, and even our children's ministry, we've, we've gotten volunteers from it. We've gotten families who um, are have, have I, I just had a parent call me and say, uh, I have two dresses that I'd really like to donate to you guys. Like we've done this for the last couple of years and um, I just want to give back in any way that I can give mm-hmm. back. And this is what what we have. Can I donate them? And it was such a, a blessing and, and it's just fun to be a part of that. Uh, mm-hmm. It's so worth all of the work that you put into it. Um, and, and a lot of work goes into it, but it's fun. <laughs> it's totally worth it. Totally worth it. I, I have like, I, I like won't talk about it for the next couple of weeks afterwards. Everyone, everyone's yeah. like trying to like next year. I'm like, no, no, just let me breathe from this year. Well, it's a blast here. Uh, I, I know it's a ton of work. And uh, the uh, people who come are anywhere from what is it? 15, 14. 14 to 80. We had an 82 year old here this year and they danced like he, he was dancing. It was it's so fun. That's part of what makes it so fun is like. Mm-hmm. It, it's so many different. It's so many different people mm-hmm. uniting together and celebrating people who are different than us, and and just being the hands and feet of Christ. And it's just we're showing these individuals how valued they are, how how Jesus sees them, and that's not always how the world sees them. And so it is so cool to get to be a part of that. And yeah, if you if you want any other information about it, um, the Tim Tebow Foundation has a whole page on Night to Shine, and you can just sit there and cry for a while mm-hmm. reading, like looking at the stories and watching yeah. stories, and and um, his passion for 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 helping individuals with disabilities mm-hmm. is, is really neat, and so um, it's cool. The the Tim Tebow, I'm sure, I think we can link that page. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically the Night to Shine page and then our Night to Shine page, our information about yeah, it. Yeah, that'd be cool. To, I need some pictures to, of, uh, yes, of those who absolutely. have allowed us to uh, yes. put their pictures on the screen because yes. we love doing that. Yeah, that'd be that'd be very cool. Very yeah, I cool. think we have a video that we can probably okay. post. Oh, yeah. So Very cool, very cool. So uh, your, uh, your passion for uh, working uh, with individuals with special needs has, uh, has gone from, uh, from Joey in your neighborhood – uh, to some opportunities at the church, to now uh, internationally. Uh, yes. Let me say that again: not internationally, because <laughs> I said that when I was twelve. But now, <laughs> your passions have gone internationally. Uh, you just got back uh, not long ago uh, from Peru. Yes. And uh, you went over with the ministry and had a great uh, opportunity uh, to work over there. So tell us about uh, the ministry in Peru. Peru, man, that was. 
incredible. So I always said, like, my dream job would be to do that, to go mm-hmm. international and, and work with but you churches can't do and that places. Because of a long term contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I keep getting that by, from a lot of people. You're not allowed to leave us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I won't. So. I to to go and educate. I think that that's the biggest thing here and abroad is a lack of education mm-hmm. uh, and a lack of understanding. And and so that's a, a huge passion of mine too. Whether that's um, helping educate volunteers here or the, the opportunity to to educate the pastoral team mm-hmm. here was an incredible opportunity. And and then to get to go abroad and get to do that. And we taught um, in a birth to three school. And then we taught in a school for kids who lived in an orphanage. And then we went and um, we actually, so we were supposed to go to the beach and it was really funny. So Thursday we went to the orphanage and we probably spent like 20 minutes there. And I did not want to leave. And we were supposed to go to the beach the next day. And I, I went up to Brent, who was uh, sort of over everything. And I was like, can we come back tomorrow? <laughs> and so my sister, Megan, my friend Megan and I, so mm-hmm. Tara, Megan and I, we went back the next day. And um, it was funny. So I, I told all the two of them, I was like, I'm going to go back. You guys don't have to. And they were like, no, we're, we're going to come. And so th- I felt bad because I like ruined their beach trip. But it was <laughs> so, it was, I would have done that a million times over again mm-hmm. to go spend the afternoon at the orphanage. It was just, it's challenging because you have to understand that these, it's a government run orphanage. And so these people are doing what they know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's what's right, but in their mind, it's what's right. And they think that they're doing what's best. And so there were kids that, that were um, like tied to their wheelchairs and stuff that you saw in asylums here forever ago, you know, uh, and, and that that's the thing is we did that. Like the United States did that at one point in time. That was how we handled our individuals with disabilities. And so through education and understanding and, and realizing that these individuals were people and human beings who had feelings, like there were so many misconceptions about individuals with disabilities and still are lots of misconceptions mm-hmm. about individuals with disabilities. And so, um, you know, to, to see some of these individuals, it was challenging. There's a lack, a huge lack of resources down there. Um, one parent had to, their kid had a trach. And I, I've worked with a kid up here who has a trach. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, she doesn't, he, the kid doesn't have the, a piece of the trach that's supposed to go over it. So the hole was just open. So I was like, that's, it was smoggy down there. So I'm like, there's so much dirt just going into that hole. And then I, I also know like how you have to suction it and that you like have this machine. And I'm, I'm looking everywhere for this machine to suction it. And I asked someone to translate for me how to suction his trach. And she pulls out her little tube that she clearly uses all the time. And she shows that she does it with her mouth, that she sticks the tube, the, the mm. tube down there and suctions it out with her mouth. I was I I had to walk away because that is I was just in awe that that's how she has Hmm. adapted to be able to suction her little child's Hmm. trach. Um, I I told the one mom who has a whose daughter has a trach up here and she was like, oh, my gosh, like she couldn't handle it. She she also had to like stop like me from telling this. She was like, don't finish the story. Like, don't I don't want to hear it. I I mean, it it was just there's a Hmm. lack of resources. Mm -hmm. Um. And so, and a lack of understanding and education. And so it was beautiful. The The teachers down there, uh, they don't get, they hardly get paid anything. They um, are, are passionate about what they're doing. They want to help these individuals and their families. 
And so they're giving up their time. All, all, they, they gave up their time. They stayed late. Most of them only worked half days. Like they, they'd have to go work another job. But they stayed and they, they wanted to learn more about behaviors. So I, I taught on managing behaviors. I have a, a background in behavioral work. And so that's what I spoke on. And then Megan spoke on um, play therapies. And so we both taught together and it was it was so much fun. The Lord was so good in that trip. And I just there was a lot of growth and learning um, from that and, and wrestling with like, how do you wrestle with seeing these individuals in wheelchairs and, and everything that they were dealing with? Um, it, the, the, the ratio, I think they said they had 80 or 75 individuals there with disabilities or something along those lines, like 80 to 75, 75 to 80. Um, and at night they had, I think it was like 15 staff or something like that. Mm. Five. To, I, I can't, I should have looked at my numbers before I came down, but it, the ratio was insane. Like I was like, How, no wonder they're doing what they're doing. The ratio is crazy. Like you can't manage that many individuals mm. with disabilities with 50, 78 or 75 to 15. That's a huge ratio. And and most of these individuals were nonverbal, needed a lot of support, had behavioral needs. So it wasn't, it, it was, I mean, you have to, you look at that and, um, and you know that God's sovereign over it all, right? And so you're like, how does that, how does that work? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you see this pain and so know that God is good and sovereign? So there's just, it, it's just been a great uh, experience for me and the Lord has been so good in showing me things and, and helping me even here, um, working with the families that we work with and, and mm-hmm. just more passionate about that and bringing, um, that to the ministry here and seeing what the Lord's doing here. So it's just, I loved every bit of Peru and am excited to go back. That's cool. I think the the uh, ministry that you went with, Go Go Time Ministries. Go Time Ministries, yes. Uh, is that something that they do not only in Peru but around the world? They would take those with special uh, needs backgrounds and minister. Yeah. So I he the Go Time Ministry is, from what I know of, they've only done that in Peru. That they have that going on in okay. Peru. He does do work kind of all over the the world um, mm-hmm. with different. Um, missionaries and stuff along those lines and he does do stuff sometimes with dis- with people with disabilities so we have talked about that a little bit like is there are, are there other places that we would go to mm-hmm. um, but uh, there's as of right now um, I I would like I told Daniel I would really like for him and I to go back to Peru um, hopefully as like a sometime soon spend a week uh, at the orphanage just helping that orphanage mm-hmm. and working with those individuals with disabilities That'd be cool. so yeah That'd be it'd be really cool. neat um, so the special needs ministry, we at the Bible Chapel, we offer Sunday mornings, which I have talked about, and then Wednesday evenings, which I talked about. And then we also do um, Friday night, usually once a month. It's a little bit more sporadic with like VBS and other things that happen. But we do respites. It's a two-hour respite. So families from the community, you don't have to be a member here. You don't have to attend here. They're able to come, drop their kids off for two hours, siblings included, and then they can go on a date, go do whatever they want to do, and their kids have, there's a story, there's a craft time snack, and then we have a bounce house, and so and, that's and, like the hit. And you do that how often? Uh, it's usually once a month. Okay. So I've got all the dates. I can link the dates in the notes if Great. somebody wants to, to check that out. We do Night to Shine, which um, is a prom for individuals with disabilities, 
our adult ministries on Sunday mornings. I hadn't talked about that. So we do adults 1045, and that's so much fun. They'll go to um, service. They'll do corporate worship together, and then they'll do— We'll we'll leave, go have breakfast together, which mm-hmm. is always fun, and they have a story during that's that cool. time, so it's fun, um, and that's eighteen and over. So. You know, that's been a cool ministry because at first, uh, at least in my limited uh, thinking uh, in this area, we were thinking of kids. Yes. I was thinking of kids, and then uh, all of a sudden, you guys came and said, "Hey, time out! Now we have some kids who have grown up, but we also have, there are a lot of adults." Right. Uh, who really need uh, some ministries that we that we could offer, mm-hmm. and it's been cool to, to have uh, the adults in our service. Uh, and uh, as you said, you guys go uh, have breakfast with them, and that's that's a great ministry. Yeah. Well, it's it's neat because some of our kids who I've had for seven eight years are now graduating into our adult ministries. We're like Lori Pagliana, who uh, is working with me mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about it she was like oh my goodness i'm gonna cry they're graduating like <laughs> we had to graduate them out of here and they're gonna move into the adults like it was just funny we were talking about like how neat is that that we've got that opportunity to yeah. now have our families be able to graduate their kids into the adult ministry mm-hmm. and you know what that looks like and it's just cool to see some of the kids that i've worked with for the last six or seven years mm-hmm. continue to be able their families continue to be able to come and them not and, and not be a okay now what like do we keep them with our five-year-olds no like they're 18 we need to treat them like they're 18 right so we're gonna take them to service and we're mm-hmm. gonna put them with other adults and That's even some of our 15 16 year olds we've we've got some 15 16 year olds who have down syndrome who didn't really fit well in the children's ministry but they fit perfectly and beautifully in the adult ministry mm-hmm. and they're loving it and their parents are like it's just easier this way and so you know it's it's been a it's been a huge blessing to be able to have started that ministry and that started in a there's a need like we we've got these we've got 18 year olds with seven year olds we've got to figure mm-hmm. out what to do how can we manage this and so um you know, the worship team kirk um I, I had a parent say to me kirk talked about how we were going to be in worship and and we've saved these seats and so he talked about people are creatures of habits your your seats might be gone next week Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) he started off with that and he and he said that um these individuals are going to be in here and they might worship differently than us and that's beautiful and i had a parent come up to me later and was just like i that that meant so much to us to not be like Mm -hmm. they're going to worship differently than us like it's okay but to be like that's a beautiful thing allow it to happen and welcome them into our congregation um it, it like those words like she just talked about how much it meant to her mm-hmm. for for you know kirk on on stage to say that and to tell the congregation that and so it was just neat that that all happened and and we do there, there's some of our kids it is beautiful if you it is beautiful to watch some of our mm-hmm. adults worship worship the lord hands raised jumping up and down <laughs> loving worship that's um, great so that's yes great. the events and things that we've had happen so we're talking about like needs it's been it's been really neat to collaborate with the other ministries and things so with vbs we collaborate with vbs and our kids go and are part of crews and uh, we'll pick you know who is going to be great crew, crew leaders for them to be in from from that level of it to who's going to be paired with them to who else is in their group and and just mm-hmm. setting everything up for the kids to be successful at vbs 
Uh, last year we did, one of our kids wasn't going to be able to do, the, the VBS here was just too big. So they went to Washington, and the Washington group hmm. just welcomed them with open arms, and it was great. He loved his time at Washington, and, and we'll do that again this year if we need to. The other campuses have smaller VBSs, which makes it easier for our kids to be in a smaller environment. Um, one of our kids is involved in Upward Peter Coffee did an incredible job hmm. of just like, hey, his older brother was involved, and in, in the kid who has special needs who, who does play basketball is actually really 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 good so that was like the funny part was everyone was like not sure what to expect the kid can shoot better than anyone else like he is so good and so everyone like you know peter was like i i thought i was like you know uh, it was just it was a funny conversation he wasn't no one was expecting this kid to come in and school everyone um and so he reached out to the parent um he saw him there at his brother's basketball practice wanting to play and he reached out to the parents and said, hey, how can we make this work? And so they did. They worked together. Mm-hmm. I, I sent a few emails like, yeah, here's here's some, here's some a coach that would be great. If you can put him on this team, he volunteers in the special needs ministry. This coach will be great. Put him in there. To everyone at the chapel's credit, the team that, that our kid got put on was probably like four, three, three years younger than how, how old this kid is. And so they allowed him to come play. Mm-hmm. He was way taller than all of the kids so whenever I say like he did really well like he was playing with kids who were younger than him but I mean he could still shoot a basketball like it's it's really funny um I think that that's like something that everyone's always stunned about is like how well he can shoot basketball um but you know the coaches were were inclusive and welcoming and it just meant a lot to that family and and now they're coming to sports camp and so he's already asked me hey uh, we've got sports camp coming up after Easter. Can we sit down and talk about some ways we can best set him up mm-hmm. for success? Mm-hmm. So the other thing that we do are Tuesday evening outings with our adult ministry. So we do that every other Tuesday. And we we know that they are seeking community and that community doesn't happen as much for our adults with disabilities. So we've gone to the pie place, which that was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. They all went and made pies. They had so much fun it was it was so fun and the pie place was so welcoming and and great with helping us with everything um so we've done the pie place we've done tracks farms we've done stuff here uh we're working with holly to try and get a workout class one day for our adults so it's just we're trying to build a community for them to to be able to be part of. And so that's Tuesday evenings from 6 to 7.30 uh, every first and third Tuesday. So you can get, I email out about when that's going to be happening. So if you wanted to be part of that communication, uh, you can just contact me and I'll put you on that email list. So very cool. Uh, we were, have been talking about people who may be listening to this podcast to go to another church or, or are from um, a different part of the country. Uh, but one of the cool things that uh, happened recently is um, the men's ministry here said, wait a minute, I know we have this, this special needs ministry, but we don't know anything about it. And so you took uh, groups of men's ministry through the special yeah. needs. Talk about that and then maybe oh, invite some other ministries to do the same thing. That was so funny. So Lori and I and, and our dog, Lucy, who's a big Bernese mountain dog, who's a therapy dog here, um, we go up into the men's ministry and there's a bunch of men and two little women sitting there at their tables and they're like what is happening why are these women here 
you know, Tunch welcomes us and is just, Tunch and Jimmy, we're great. Hey, this is what we're doing. We, Whether you feel called to volunteer in this ministry, whether it's something you're passionate about, what do you know about it? And most of them didn't know a lot about it. And so mm-hmm. they're like, let's just learn about it. And that's that's it. Like it's it's educating people on whether it's the ministry or individuals with disabilities. When you start learning about things, so much can happen in that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and you learn like, hey, you don't have to have a master's degree to work with kids with disabilities. You just like I always say, if you've got a pulse, you can do it. Like mm-hmm. it, it's working with people. If you if you can work with a person you can work with individuals with disabilities. They're they're human beings just like you and I. And mm-hmm. and so often there's this misconception of like we're gonna mess everything up, and and that's just not the case. Like, it, can behaviors happen? Can things get messed up? Yes. But I think we forget that the same things can happen with you and I. Right. And and like so at, at any time. At any time, right? Mm-hmm. And and so we just put this big stigma on individuals with disabilities. Mm-hmm. And so the men's ministry just wanted to break into that and break knock that down and <laughs> and learn more about it. And it was so funny. I mean, a lot of the guys had never been in the special needs area. Uh, they were all super super kind and asking questions and thanked us for just enlightening them for what we did you know whether they want to be we had a few people want to be part of it which is wonderful if we got some volunteers that was great if we didn't we helped educate people and that's mm-hmm. what uh, Lori and I specifically are, are super passionate about it's just helping people better understand um, other people who uh, look and sometimes act differently than us mm-hmm. and helping them understand that the Lord created them and made him made them in in his image and we're called to to understand that and love that and maybe you're you work with these individuals maybe you don't but at least you can you can now say hi you can now understand mm-hmm. them better you can invite their parents over for coffee you know it, it it might look different but that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it mm-hmm. and so yeah that's a great reminder i uh, and again we're we're so thankful for um jacqueline for your ministry and for your leadership and for your vision and for um uh, really, God has used you to build this ministry, and w- and we just see it continuing to grow and uh, uh, more opportunities. If anyone is listening and uh, you'd like to get involved uh, in the special needs ministry, again, we have the links to in the show notes that you can do that. If you have a friend uh, who has um, a child with special needs and, and, and you want to share this uh, podcast with them, we encourage you to do that. You know, a group of God's children— uh, that uh, that uh, are, are different than we are, but have great, uh, uh, tremendous gifts and can minister to us in so many different ways. It's not. We always think it's ministering to them, but so, but more than that, it's those with special needs ministering to us. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we we know that we've all been given a gift, and mm-hmm. so our individuals with disabilities have been gifted. They desire to use those gifts as well. Mm-hmm. And it might look different than what you and I, our, our desires are, what our gifts look like. But mm-hmm. um, they, they've been gifted, and that, that's just what, what I hope to be able to continue to do here is to open those doors for our individuals to, to really be part of the body of Christ. And, and it's just been, it's been such a cool and um, fun experience to be part of this journey that the Bible Chapel has been on through mm-hmm. welcoming our families with disabilities into the church. Mm-hmm. And, and um, yeah, I just, I love what I get to do. And I, I sometimes feel like a broken record, but 
I, I love what I get to do and that I've got the, the opportunity to speak for our individuals, to to advocate for them and to help people understand that, um, you know, we're called to, to love our neighbors and these mm-hmm. people are our neighbors and might be uncomfortable and different. And let's step into that and see what yeah. the Lord does because, man, it's really cool to get to do that. I'm going to ask you to do a couple things for us as we wrap this up. I'm going to ask you to pray for uh, individuals with special needs. Uh, you know, I was thinking uh, of you saying there may be an individual who they're brilliant and it's hard for them to express themselves and how frustrating that, that has to be. And so and so pray for them. Pray for those who who um, have special needs and then pray for the parents of uh, those with special needs and uh, and just lift them up before the Lord. And again, uh, we, we would love if you. Uh, You've been moved by this. You'd like to volunteer. You'd like to be a part of this ministry. We'd love for you to uh, to reach out to Jacqueline and get the information you need uh, so that uh, God can lead you on that next step. Father, we just um, come before you thankful for who you are, for uh, what you're doing here at the Bible Chapel with the Special Needs Ministry. Um, thank you, Father, for for your love and for your son and that um, for his death on the cross, Lord, and for his resurrection. Father, I just am so thankful for the families that you have brought to the special needs ministry. And Father, we just lift up um, our individuals who have disabilities, whether it's here in Pennsylvania or in Peru or wherever in the world they are, Lord. Um, Father, we know that you have created them um, in your image, that they are fearfully and wonderfully made, Lord, and we just thank you for that. Um, I just pray for their families, for their parents, for their caregivers, for those who are um, loving an individual with disabilities, um, for the challenges that they may face, that you will give them strength, for the joys that they will have, that you will help them to just celebrate those well and to, to enjoy that that um, that season, Lord. Um, that, that you will help them to see you more, Lord, through raising a child with a disability. Um, we just thank you for the many blessings that you have given us, Lord, and for these families, for these individuals, for the joy and the love and the, the grace that they show us and teach us every day, Lord. Um, we just thank you for, for all you're doing here in the South Hills um, through this ministry. In your son's name that we pray. Amen. So like Jacqueline said, if you have a friend who has a child with special needs, we would love for you to share this podcast with them. Our hope is that through this podcast and through the story that God is writing in Jacqueline's life, that we would all be able to understand and see that we are all fearfully and wonderfully made. Thanks for joining us on Fresh Faith. We'll see you next time.